Man, if you ever preachers, I, I keep mints in my pocket every Sunday morning. Every good pastor does. Not every pastor does, but every good pastor does. Because you know what? There is a thing that exists called preacher's breath. If you've ever come up to the front to pray before, not here at this church, it hasn't happened, but maybe at other churches, you've gone up, man, you feel the, you feel the Holy Spirit, and as soon as the preacher gets near, the Holy Spirit left too. And he's like, uh-uh, I don't want to have anything to do with that breath. That's preacher breath. We're out of here. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> man, bad breath is a bad thing. <laughs> it stinks. It's bad. Anybody have issues with B.O.? Don't raise your hand. That would be a bad thing, actually. You know. Put your hand down. The war's over. You know what I'm saying? Like, body odor can be bad. When I think of skunk, what do you think of? Maybe Pepe Le Pew. Remember the old cartoon? So you think of polecat. You think of, you think it stinks, right? Skunk stinks. Um, you ever had a, a dog, one of your dogs, get sprayed by a skunk? Man, that's happened to a dog of mine. And, man, he's no longer my dog. <laughs> um just kidding, just kidding. If, if, our lives, if our lives could give off a scent, what would it smell like? You know, if, if our actions produced a scent, if our words produced a scent, if, you know, this whole month we've been talking about worship, what does worship look like? And, and there's different types of worship. Remember we talked all about that at the very beginning of the month, that there's different types of worship, and worship can look like a lot of things. And and, and sound, every church is going to be different in their approach to worship. Remember, we talked about hymns, and we talked about modern worship, and we've had a lot of fun with this. But as we kind of start bringing all this to a conclusion, and we're talking about David is offering a sacrifice of praise, as we're going to read in Hebrews thirteen fifteen in a little bit, that uh, he's, he was wanting to offer to God something that cost him something. And as I'm thinking about this, that David actually said, he's, he's, he, as we read in the Psalms, David said unto the Lord, he says, God, I would... I would wish, I would hope that my praise to you is as sweet incense unto the Lord. That David was saying that I want my praise to smell good to you. I want my worship to smell good to you. What David is saying, obviously when we sing, it's not as if aroma really is like, you know, if you have a mint in your mouth, it's going to smell like mint. If you have popcorn, it's going to smell like popcorn. What David is saying, though, is... When something smells beautiful, it's pleasing, it's attracting, it's overwhelming. I sprayed cologne on this morning. I wore deodorant. I showered. I went through all the steps that I needed to do to smell good so that when you hug me or you shake my hand or you get near me, the last thing in your mind is like, hmm, and it wasn't the Lord. You know what I'm saying? That knocked you over. It was. But if our lives, if our actions, if our words produced a smell, what would it smell like? Are our actions and our words so stinky that if, if they produced a smell, man, we would, we would have this big circle around, you know, a 10-foot radius. Nobody would come anywhere near us because, because of the smell that our actions or our words produced. Like it stunk. Like our words stink. Our attitude stinks. You ever been someone whose attitude stinks? You're sitting next to your spouse. You know, don't raise your hand. But, yeah, we've been around someone. I, I can remember being a teenager. My parents telling me, your attitude stinks. Really? doesn't smell that bad to me. My attitude stinks. Your attitude stinks. You ever work with someone at work, their attitude stinks? 
Maybe you got a boss, his attitude stinks, her attitude stinks. Maybe your attitude stinks. Maybe your words stink. Maybe, maybe the things that are coming out of your mouth smell like a skunk. And it's just negativity city all the time. Everything's bad. The world is bad. The economy's bad. God is bad. Uh, church is bad. Worship is bad. The husband's bad. The wife is bad. The kids are bad. Nothing's ever good. It just stinks, stinks, stinks. And all that comes out of your mouth is the skunk. I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna be like David. And my life, my goal the rest of this year, challenge to you as well, is like, what if our words and our actions, if they did give off a smell, what if they were pleasing unto the Lord? Amen? What would it look like if we actually walked around and started encouraging one another? When was the last time you just encouraged someone? I mean, encouraged someone. What's up, brother? Don't leave me hanging, man. I'm the whole church right here. Congratulations, by the way, driver. What's up, baby? I'm proud of you. What's up? What's up? People here. High fives real quick. In fact, why don't you just give your neighbor a high five right now? I'm having some fun with this this morning because encouraging someone is fun, isn't it? When you start encouraging someone, you can't help but feel good about it. Now, it's easy on a Sunday morning after we've just come out of a beautiful moment of worship and K-Drama just tore off the roof while ago with the performance. And, I mean, we just had, we've had a great time. You're eating popcorn, your belly's somewhat full. And, you know, it's easy to encourage someone right here. We're in church. But we all know that as spouses and as moms and as dads and as grandparents and as working people, when we get out into the world, when we leave the comfort of this bubble that we call the church, these four walls, it becomes a challenge to just encourage someone, especially the person who is a thorn in your flesh. Amen. Don't act all like you're super Christian and you never get twisted or sideways with anybody. These altars are going to be full today in Jesus' name. But to encourage someone, to look at your spouse and say, I'm proud of you. Dads and moms, when's the last time you looked at your kids in the eyes and said, I'm proud of you. Good job, man. Good job, son. Good job, daughter. I am proud of you. I'm glad that you're my kid. I'm glad you're not like their kids. And I'm not pointing in your direction on purpose. <laughs> your, your girls are too precious for nobody to love, man. If they can't love them, something's wrong. they got the devil in them. I don't know. I see those blonde little girls running around. I mean, <laughs> it's usually the preacher's kids, right? When was the last time, seriously, you went, you just encouraged someone. Instead of going into work tomorrow and you're just dreading it, and you're like, oh, not another day. I can't believe it. God, I can't keep doing this week after week. What would it look like if your attitude smelled great and you walked into work tomorrow and you said, oh, man, this, today is going to be an amazing day. Today is going to be a great day. You know what, man, God, I just, I just thank you for today. I, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen today, but I know that whether it be good or bad, you're going to make all things align for me because I'm a child of the Most High God. And today is going to be a productive day. I'm going to get everything I need done today. And I'm going to have spare time left at the end of the day. And now, uh, many of you, listen, I know what tomorrow is. I'm a parent. School is starting. For some of you, school has already started. But f- for the most of us, school is starting. we got a lot of teachers in the house, too. You're just like... I'm looking at some of my, the faces of the teachers right now. You're like, take it all in. This is your last day before life. I get it. I get it, dads. I get it, moms. I get it, grandparents. 
We've got grandparents in here raising their grandkids now. They're raising one kid. So God's blessed you that you were such a good parent. He's letting you raise grandkids now. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. Look at your neighbor and say, somebody encourage somebody. Listen, life is tough enough with us going around telling everybody how bad life is. I don't need anyone to tell me how bad life is. I can watch the news for that. But put somebody around me who says, Pastor, you're doing a good job. That was the best sermon I ever heard. All right. In all seriousness. But to encourage someone, encourage our brothers, encourage our sisters, encourage your spouse, encourage your kids, encourage somebody, strengthen them, give them hope, give them understanding, give them peace, and give them patience. Somebody, encourage somebody. Amen? When we start encouraging someone, David is offering the sacrifice to the Lord. He says, God, I want, I want this thing that I'm giving to you to cost me something. I don't want to walk up into your presence like I own the place. Like this is my house. This is David, if anybody could have had that attitude and that arrogance about him. David was a man's man. He was a mighty warrior. After he slayed Goliath, how many have heard the story of David and Goliath before, right? Okay, if you read the rest of the story, when they came back to the camp, the people began to sing, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his ten thousands. Hey, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his ten thousands. Hey, I don't know if that's what the song sounded like, but those are the words. The king was Saul. David was just a teenager. And he's showing up the king. And everybody's beginning to praise this teenager who would eventually be the king of Israel, who Jesus came from his lineage. This guy could have easily walked around with the arrogance like, man, I'm the baddest dude on the planet. Everybody, but this is my house. Whose house? My house. This is David's house. David's house. This is the king's house. But David wasn't like that. The Bible says even with all of his flaws and all of his hiccups and his affair, and he was a murderer too, by the way, throw that in all the stuff that he did. With all of that, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because David knew how to worship the Lord. He knew what it was like to bring a praise to God that cost him something. And I get it today. I know many of your stories. You email me throughout the week. Send me a private message on Facebook. You call me. However you get a hold of me, I get it. You write your prayer request down. They, they find my desk on Mondays and Tuesdays. And when I'm reading that stuff, when I'm praying over you, when I'm reading those emails, when you're reading your Facebook messages, I hear your heart. I get what's going on. I see your struggle in life. I get it. So I know that when you come this morning and I'm looking around at the same people that have been writing me this week, and when I see their hands raised and them clapping their hands, man, a joy comes over me because I know that your praise in this moment has cost you something. You didn't just stroll in the parking lot and walk into church this morning like it didn't cost you something. It cost your, you something to be here this morning, to raise your hand. See, nobody beside you may know the grief that you're in or the pain that you're in, but you're, you're stretching your hands anyways and saying, God, I'm praising you through the storm. I'm praising you not because it's easy thing to do, but because it's the hard thing to do. My praise costs me something. Look at your neighbor and say, get out of my way. I'm going to praise Jesus no matter what they say. 
man, my praise cost me something. Listen to me, Crossroads family. David said, listen, God, I don't want to offer to you something that someone can offer for me. I want my praise to mean something more than the words on the screen, more than the name of the church or the denomination or who the pastor is. I want my praise to cost me something. And sometimes it does. It's easy to praise the Lord when things are going good, isn't it? Hallelujah. Bless God. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. We do that in church every Sunday. If you fellowship here long enough, we do that every Sunday, sometimes multiple times a Sunday. Man, it's God. Oh, I love the Lord. Things are going good. My checkbook's in the black. Things are good. Man, my kids are serving the Lord. Things are good. Everybody's passing all the school, all the grades in school, and, and they're going to go to the next grade, and this is happening, this is happening. It's easy to praise God when, when you're on the up and up. Amen. It, it's it's easy to offer up God a praise when 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 the sun is shining, isn't it? It's easy to offer praise to God when things are going good. But but have you ever come to church before and you felt right when you just right when you feel like you're getting a breakthrough, right when you ready to raise your hands, a thousand pounds are pulling down on you. Has anybody else in here ever felt like that before? Or am I perhaps the only one? That at times when I'm singing out and I'm, I'm singing these words and those words mean more to me than they've ever meant before. That somehow I connected with one of the words or part of that song. And as I'm singing that out, I'm literally singing out the situation that I'm walking in. And when I'm singing these words like, you know, Lord, let heaven come and yours is a kingdom and yours is a power and yours is a glory forever. Amen. And I'm saying, let heaven come. I'm saying, God, right now my situation is terrible. It's dark. It's bleak. It's hard to praise you. It's difficult to praise you. But that's when your praise is the most powerful. Come on, somebody. Paul and Silas praised God out of the jail, but they also praised him in the jail. We, we love them because they, we love the story of them praising God in the jail. What is so powerful about that is that their, their, their hands were bound. Their hands were bound. So, so they didn't say, you know what? Well, our hands are bound, but guess we can't praise God. Do, 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 do. We're going to stay in the prison forever. No, they said, we got a voice, man. Go ahead and chain my hands. That's fine. I need to warm them up anyways. I'm going to praise God anyways. Bind my hands, bind my feet, that's fine, but I've still got a voice. So guess what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sing if I could get Indian style, but in this suit, I don't know that I can. But they said, we're going to sit down and worship. we're going to worship God anyways. And with their, with their feet bound and with their hands bound, they began to worship the Lord and they began to praise. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that there became a rumble and their chains fell off and they began to worship God and the jail cells were open. But not just their cells, all the cells were opened. Your praise has a power not only to unleash a miracle for you, but for people around you. I said, your praise can not only give you a miracle, but give a miracle to those around you. Amen? Why don't you just take 10 seconds and give God a praise? Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Jesus. If our praise could smell like something, what would it smell like? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually 
offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Therefore, let us, yes, looks like there is a error, a typo on there. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Can we go back to that last screen? Praise is intentional. Praise isn't, praise, see, real praise doesn't just happen. Real praise doesn't just happen. You can do the rehearsed praise. A lot of us know enough Christianese. We know enough church that we can walk in and bless God. How are you, brother? Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. High five. Boy, this popcorn smells good. Welcome in. Can I help you find a seat? Did you find a place to park? Not all of us talk like we're like that from deep parts of Texas, I guess. But that's my voice this morning. And bless God. It's so good to worship the Lord today. Oh, I just love God. And we could go through those motions and worship God and praise God and do this whole rehearsal thing because we've done it our whole life. But man, when, when, when your praise is intentional, when your worship is focused, when it's personal, there's nothing like it. Your praise is like your fingerprint to God. Nobody can worship the Lord like you. Somebody should have shouted amen on that one. Because you sing like cats strangling, someone strangling cats like I talked about last week. But to God, God says, I know who that is. So does everyone else around you. But God says, I know who that is. That's Matthew. That's, that's me. No one else calls me Matthew except my wife and my mother. But that's, that's Matt. That's Matthew. That's Matt there. That, that's his praise. My praise is so unique, it's like my fingerprint. And when we don't give God praise, we're withholding this uniqueness that belongs to God. I'm not asking you what it sounds like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care if you don't think it sounds pretty. That is not the question. That's not what God asked. He didn't say, if it doesn't sound pretty, please don't sing. We just won't ask you to sing up here. He says, the truth is the truth. I'm just saying, let's be honest. Let's just be honest. That's all right. We want, we want good guitar players. Hey, there's nothing wrong with ex- offering excellence unto the Lord. Let's be real. Amen. We want excellence unto God. Hopefully you get good preaching too. We don't want the bad preachers up here. We want the good preachers. Listen, he says, I don't care if it doesn't sound good. I want your fingerprint. Your praise is like your fingerprint. It's unique. And when we are worship God with intentionality, when we worship God personal, when it's intentional, it's a beautiful thing. It becomes this beautiful thing that, that only God can understand. And it's got to be intentional. It's got to be focused. I have up here some bod man spray. Most wanted. Who who would like to who would like to be a sampler test today? Aaron's right here. This is my buddy Aaron. Give Aaron a big hand. Can I spray us both with this in the name of Jesus? Well, don't ask what it is. Wretched. I've never had another man. You're welcome. You're welcome, Katie. (laughs) We want to make sure that makes it to. Some got my mouth. You know what? Neither one of us stink, but. I'm not going to lie that there have been times where maybe I've, I've been in a workout, I've been in a CrossFit workout, and 
I've got a call where I need to be somewhere, maybe be at the hospital or be in a meeting or do something. There's times where I'll, I'll get some of this, not this particular one. I'll have some other stuff that I'll use to at least mask the scent to get me through the moment. Febreze, as I said. Febreze is actually a beautiful thing in your car, in your home. But are we often febrezing our worship? And we're just masking it. We're just, we're just masking our worship. That's all we're doing. It, it's just, God, let this, let this just, I'm going to let this get me through today. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to febreze my worship right now. I don't really want to worship you. I'm just going to go through the mer- motions, the rehearsal of what worship is. So I'm just going to febreze myself. I'm just going to put some febreze on it, and, and, and that'll, be enough, that'll, that'll be enough to get me through it. Or, or are we really putting on a garment of praise? A garment of praise, a garment of praise. Like when we put on a jacket or you put on a coat or when it's wintertime and never around here in Central Texas, but on the, some days when we do get cold weather and you put your jacket on, a garment of praise. Did you know that your praise can be a garment that you can, it can be like that. Like you can wear a garment of praise. How amazing is that to put on a garment of praise to say, God, even though there's a spirit of heaviness, even though things are tough, even though life is heavy sometimes, I'm putting on a garment of praise. I'm going to worship you anyways. In spite of how I feel, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to let my praise be like this unique fingerprint unto you. And I'm going to give you my praise. I'm going to give you my worship. I want to close with this in my last third closing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the story If you're familiar with the story in the book of Daniel, right, the three Hebrew children, they were thrown into the fire because they didn't want to worship the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had put up and said, everybody has to worship. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. If God saves us, he saves us. He doesn't, he doesn't. The Bible says they threw him into the fire, right? And then we know the rest of the story is they're, they're looking down into this pit. He says, let's turn it up seven times hotter than it's ever been. So it's seven times hotter. The Bible says it was so hot, the guys that were, were stoking the fire, the fire seized them. It killed them. That's how hot the, fu- the fire was. And so they look down this pit. They see three guys, and poof, all of a sudden, there's a fourth guy. And the Bible says, King Nebuchadnezzar says, man, that looks like the Son of God that's with them. So that's powerful itself. I love that. But the story goes on to say that when they pulled, they calmed the fire down, and they pulled them out of the fire. The Bible has this, it's just so quick in there that you would miss it. And it says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. Now you should give God praise. It's cool that Jesus was in the fire, but it's also cool that when you go through the fire, you don't smell like the fire. Come on, somebody, give God a praise because you're in the fire. But guess what? When you get out, you won't smell like you've ever been in a fire. Give God a praise in this place today. Get on your feet and worship the Lord today because if you're in the fire, when you get out, you don't smell like the fire. What a laugh in the devil's face. He thought he was going to burn you up today. He thought he was going to set you on fire. You thought you were going to lose everything. But God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
uh-uh. I'm intersecting something. I'm putting a period right here in this story. I'm putting an exclamation mark. His name is Jesus. And though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when you come out, you don't smell like you were ever there. So whoever is walking through the fire today, I want you to make a bold step and come right down to the front here. I mean, move quickly. Move in boldness today. You've been walking in fire, but God is saying you're not going to smell like the fire. Come on, some of you are holding back. You need to be down here today because you're in the fire. Come on. Come on today. Come on today. You're walking in the fire. My prayer partners, join me at the front. My elders, my staff pastors, join me quickly. Begin praying for these people. There's still room. You want prayer today? You say, Pastor Matt, that's me. I'm walking through the fire. Sing it out. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The cross before me. The turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Sing it out with this. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, many are still praying up here. Please don't move. We're just going to continue in this time of prayer. Say, Pastor Matt, I'm here today because I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm tired of living this life for myself. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I want to make sure that if I were to leave this planet today, if this were my last day on this earth, that heaven would be my home for eternity. If you want me to remember you in this next prayer, I'd ask that you'd raise your hand right where you are. Thank you. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Keep your hands up just so I can see them just for a moment. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Amen. You can put your hands down. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I believe that you died for me. And that in three days, you rose from the grave. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. I believe all that I've prayed. In Jesus' name. Amen. So they give the Lord a praise today.